This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Okay, we're going to move into some things. I want again to say thank you so much for allowing me to be here. Um, anytime someone opens their pulpit to you, it is a great honor and a great privilege, and I do not take it lightly. So, again, thank you all so much for letting me be here. Thank you so much to allow me to have a part in your ministry through your healing ministry now that is now commissioned. Glory to I Give yourselves a hand here. Um, so proud of the team and the work that they're putting together. There's still many of you that have not completed your requirements, and I encourage you to do so that you can participate in services like this. I said earlier today, we have to duplicate ourselves. We can't go everywhere. We can't do everything. We cannot be everything. We must train others. That's why Jesus had disciples. He, they were his students, and he trained them to carry on the ministry. And that's what we're trying to do through the healing ministry and the healing network. So I encourage you. To, I, someone spoke to me, Agnes, did tonight. And uh, we're so proud of her. Y'all just don't know what this lady Yes, please uh, acknowledge Miss Agnes. And uh, she's so sincere and genuine, but she said something to me. She said, I am 100% dedicated, committed to whatever it is I say I'm going to do. I encourage the rest of you to have that same attitude. Do what you're supposed to do. Be where you're supposed to be. Behave the way you're supposed to be and let be behaving and then let God use you and move through you mightily. That is his heart's desire. Remember I told you this morning, he's looking for a whole bunch of mini-me's. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't know about you, but I know about me. I want to be a mini-me <laughs> to God the Father. Yes, amen. That's what we want to do. Well, I do, bring, I do have a teaching. I brought it. Don't know how much time I have. But I am so impressed with the presence of God here. And this afternoon, the Lord instructed me to have you uh, make this confession and declaration with me. So I'm going to ask you to do it. Dear Father God, we ask you right now to come. Make your presence known. Our prayer for tonight is thy will be done on earth exactly like it is in heaven. And we know there is no sickness in heaven. Thy will be done on earth exactly as it is in heaven. There is no sickness in heaven. We're going to say it one more time because I believe the Lord is moving on some people as you hear yourself declare that. Thy will be done on earth exactly as it is in heaven. There is no sickness in heaven. So therefore, if thy will is done on the earth, 
exactly as it is in heaven. There can be no sickness on earth that has power and authority over us. We decree and we declare right now that by the stripes of Jesus Christ, we are healed. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. For some of you, that broke a mindset because you've been waiting and waiting and waiting for God to do something that he has already done. But when you begin to hear yourself decree it and declare it and put an expectation upon it, you're going to have that change of mindset and you're going to be able to receive completely and totally every blessing and every benefit that God the Father has already prepared for you. So I just believe that I'm going to hear before this night's over, we're going to hear testimonies of what God has already done for you tonight. Okay, can we agree on that? All righty. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me tonight to Isaiah chapter 55. And I'm going to read to you verses 8 and 9. The Lord says, For my ways are not your ways, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. That's such an interesting statement because if you just read it, what you automatically is assume that God's ways are so higher and so more lofty are his thoughts and our thoughts that we can never attain them. But that is an untruth. God is a God who teaches and his word is here to instruct and teach us. I told you earlier, God wants many me's. And so the Bible is very clear when it says that we can renew our mind with the word of God, which means now we can have the thoughts of God. We can pattern ourselves after the ways of God so that his ways become our ways. So in essence, what I'm going to say to you tonight, that is a challenge from the Lord. Come up higher. Come up higher. Come up higher. Get rid of your old ways of thinking. Get rid of your own ways of perceiving things. Get rid of your old ways of being discouraged and giving up and giving in and quitting too soon. Begin to renew your mind with the word of God and begin to think what God thinks about you. Begin to see yourself the way God sees you. God sees you healed. God sees you delivered. God sees you made whole. God sees you as the head and not the tail. God sees you as above and not beneath. God sees you as more than a conqueror in this life. How many want to begin to think the thoughts of God and begin to see yourself as God sees you and therefore begin to live the life that God wants you to have where you walk in total divine victory and healing and every other miracle blessing of God every day? Come on. 
The world would tell you it's not possible. But God says his ways and his thoughts are higher than the ways and thoughts of man. And if you will succumb to him, learn his thoughts, live by his thoughts, or as a man thinketh, so is he, you can have what God says you can have. You can be who God says you can be. Hello, table. And you can be, <laughs> you can do what God says you can do. Can I get an Amen. I need y'all to get excited tonight. I need you to understand God is here and God is doing mighty works in people tonight. I kept seeing it today. I just kept seeing this morning the person with the back that I mentioned. The back pain was gone. The knee pain was gone. We saw two miracle babies here based on the word that came forth last night. God is a miracle working God. But I said to the healing team yesterday in their training time, but God never promises us a miracle. He says, I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. I am the God that takes sickness and disease from the midst of thee. And in fact, for Brother Zach, if you look at Exodus 15, 26, and I, it's one of my favorite scriptures, and now's a good time to use it wherever Exodus is. It's back there in that Old Testament, you know. But uh, when he says, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Oh, you got to love this one. I love old things. Hello, Jean. <laughs> that went right over his head. I love you. I love you. You got it. <laughs> but this is an old out of print Bible called the Good Speed Bible. And here's what that translation says about that. For I, the Lord, make you immune to sickness. Now, is that a word for the season or not? Let's say it together. The Lord makes me immune to sickness. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, it matters what you think about God. A.W. Tozer, many of you probably know who he is, made this statement. He said, what I believe about God is the most important thing about me. What I believe about God is the most important thing about me. God in his omniscience, in his omnipotence, together make a harmonious whole, which means there is nothing, nothing lacking in our God. He is the all in all. He is the I am that I am. He is the one that oversees his word to perform it and bring it to pass. He is the God with whom nothing is impossible, for that is what his word has said. Tozer says, however, this, I don't know about you, but this kind of shocked me when I read it. Tozer defines idolatry as assuming that God is anything other than he is. How many of us would ever say, oh, I practice idolatry? None of us. However, when we begin to assume that God is other than he is, we have now committed idolatry. 
For instance, if God says, I'm the God that makes you immune to sickness and disease, and you're consumed with the thought of, I'm going to catch this, and I'm going to catch that, and I need to prepare for this season and that season and get ready, you just denied who God says he is. When you begin to look at, at the doctor's reports and the x-ray reports and the lab reports and say, this is too big, too difficult, too hard for my God, you just committed idolatry. That's scary, folks. Come on. We want to know God in his fullness and know his ways and believe in him and trust in him. We want to come to the place of comprehending the incomprehensible God. And it's possible through the power and authority of his word. Idolatry is widespread today. It's embraced the mindset of our culture. It has embraced the church where we're saying God is not who he is and God doesn't do things the way God used to do. And surely God didn't mean that this was an abomination. Surely God didn't say that if you do this, this, or the this, you're going to benefit negatively it's called consequences of sin see when we come against the word of God we've come against God because God and his word are one and the same and if I cannot believe and trust his word 100% I cannot trust and believe in him 100% so there must be something else out there that I am putting above him allowing to come before him and therefore I am now an idolater oh y'all got real quiet real fast in here I'm trying to wake you up, shake you up, and get you up, and y'all going. <laughs> but you know, Jesus said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I want you set free. I don't want you living like you've always lived. I don't want you dealing with the same fears you've always dealt with. I don't want you walking around with the same old mindset you've already had. It's time for a change. It's time to let God be God, and if God be God, then let God be God. Hello? Come on. See, what has happened on us is we have so superimposed the ways in the, of the world and the thought patterns of man that we have demanded, we put a, a, a demand that the Scripture, come on now, conform to our ways of thinking rather than representing the thoughts of God Almighty. Hello, I'm telling you the truth. But God is looking for somebody that will depend on totally and completely on his word, his wisdom, his counsel, his power and abilities to transform us from who we were to what we can and should be. That's what salvation does for us. That's where salvation takes us from the penalty of sin and death. And it transforms us into a brand new creature or creation in Christ Jesus. Where those old things are passed away and all things are made new. Now let me ask you something. If God is holy and righteous and pure, come on. And he can do that with a sinner 
Why can he not do the same process with a sick person to take them out of the, I keep using that word benefits, of the effects of sin, which was sickness, disease, and death, and transform them through the power of his word, make them into a new creation, come on, where they have no sickness, no disease, and no affliction in them. Why should that be any more difficult for God than to take a sinner and make him into a saint. And you do know you're saints, don't you? Born again, washed in the blood, and dwell by the Holy Spirit. God the Father in his ultimately high thought processes, believe it or not, thinks that you are a saint. I got news for you. Better than that, he thinks I'm a saint. Y'all think I'm a nut. He thinks I'm a saint. Amen? So this is where God is trying to get us to go ahead and understand that, no, I may not understand everything there is to understand. I may not know everything there is to know, but God's willing for me to. If I'm willing to be teachable, and therefore I can, yes, comprehend the incomprehensible God whom we serve. And understand his ways are not our ways. I don't know if you're familiar with the ministry of Lester Sumrall or not. Many of y'all know who he was. I personally like him because he knew Smith Wigglesworth. And in case you do not know it, Smith is my best friend. How many of y'all know who Smith Wigglesworth is? Oh, glory to God. You know, he's probably here tonight. The Bible says we're encompassed about by a cloud of witnesses. And I just sort of think Smith goes where I go because he's my best friend. Right, Smith? Right, Delta. Okay. But anyway, you know, um, Lester Sumrall went to Smith Wigglesworth's house one time and Smith wouldn't let him in because he had a newspaper under his arm. And he told him, he said, you're not bringing that trash in my house said, we only read one thing in my house, the Word of God. And Smith slammed the door on him. So Lester threw away the newspaper, knocked on the door again, and Smith let him in. Hallelujah. And he, he learned many things from him and traveled with him. But Lester Summerall was doing a meeting one time, and someone come up to him and asked him, said, can you just please explain why God is healing so many unbelievers. Now, doesn't that sound like pure old religion and its meanness? They don't deserve healing. They're not believers. Huh. I'm a good church person. I go to church every Sunday. I got Sunday school pins hanging down to here. Never have missed Sunday school. I got a big Bible. I got a date Bible. Hello. I mean, I'm serious about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I see those laughs. Yep. But <laughs> you know what Lester Summerall looked at him and his response to him? He said very simply, well, who did Jesus heal? Over 2,000 years ago. None of them were born again. None of them were saved. Hello. They were all in essence unbelievers. Until he made believers out of them. But that you see. Is the mercy and the grace. And the compassion of God Almighty. That we have not come to understand yet. That God does not want anyone sick. God does not want anyone suffering. 
God does not want anyone limited in their functioning ability. In no way, shape, fashion, or form. That is not God's way, and that is not God's desire. When the Word says that God sent His Word and healed them, them simply means them. I am a great wordsmith. I know things like them means them. And when the word says, and he healed them all, glory to God and my infinite genius abilities, I know all means all. But some of those people that are a lot smarter than me try to say all is not all and them is not them. And that confuses me. So rather than being confused, I choose just to go with God. Trust and believing in him. This great, wonderful God whom we serve. But, and again, I'm going back to Tozer. Said, God, in condescending love. Isn't that a beautiful statement? God, in condescending love, has by revelation declared certain things to be true of himself. These we call his attributes. He has provided enough knowledge of these to satisfy our intellects and ravish our hearts. How many of you want your heart ravished by a knowledge of the attributes of God? That means, oh my goodness. To do so, we have to unlearn many common misconceptions about God. And we, again, I keep hearing this, you must begin to comprehend the incomprehensible. It is possible. Quit thinking as the world thinks. You know, again, I'm going back to what Zach was saying. The Bible tells us 365 times, do not fear do not be anxious. Do not be worried. Do you find it a coincidence it's 365 times? Because every day the enemy, the guy I call the fear monger, is trying to get you to move out of faith and over into fear because fear is the open door for the enemy to invade our lives. You must make a conscientious decision I will not fear. Joe mentioned earlier about when I was diagnosed with a mass in my abdomen so big that the doctor's words to me were this. It's so big, we don't know where it begins or where it ends. We think if it were this kind of cancer as opposed to this kind of cancer, you would already be dead. But we can't promise you anything. And I remember the first thought in my mind, do not fear. I mean, instantaneously, that's what popped in my head. Do not fear. And I knew if I succumb to the fear monger, I opened the door of the enemy to come in and take over my life. And I walked out of that doctor's office and I sat down in my car and I said, Lord, I heard what doctor had to say but I need to hear what you have to say. And the Lord so clearly spoke to me, and he said, Hebrews 4.12. 
and being the biblical scholar that I am. I said, thanks a lot, but I don't know what that is. <laughs> you know, I don't speak Bible very well. Some people, you, you ever have a conversation with somebody and they go, well, now, you know, over there in Ecclesiastes 3.17, and I'm going, no, I don't know what that says. Well, you know, you know, over there in 2 Corinthians, blah, blah, and I'm like, no. You know, so God says to me, Hebrews 4.12, and I'm like, well, thank you, Lord, but I don't know what that is. But I had sense enough to go home and look it up. Hello, maybe some of y'all ought to have sense enough to go home and look up some stuff like God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. That I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. I'm the God that takes sickness and disease from the midst of thee. I sent my word and healed you. My word is life, health, and medicine to all of your flesh. Surely, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, you are healed not waiting to get healed not waiting on a feeling but by faith you're going to reach out grab it and take it and say it's mine glory to God and the devil can't take it away from me come on and so I went through weeks of pain tenderness swelling every lying symptom you know the Bible calls them lying vanities in case you don't know that those symptoms you're feeling in your body that try to be contrary to the Word of God, the Bible calls them lying vanities. Just because you can feel something doesn't make it real. Come on. Hello, that's got to sink in. I can see it on your faces. Hmm. Oh, you might feel it, but it doesn't mean it was there. Six weeks. Pain. Tenderness, swelling. I was still nursing. I'd be walking down the hall of the hospital and the pain in my abdomen would be so intense, I'd double over. And instead of saying, oh God, the pain, the pain, take away the pain, Jesus. I would lean against the wall and I would say this one, pro I told y'all I'm a wordsmith. I know this word real good. I learned to say one word, no. No, in the name of Jesus. I now know what Hebrews 4.12 meant. It says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder between soul and spirit, bone and marrow. As a nurse, I said, Lord, you are Jehovah Rapha. You are the great physician. I believe you will take the sword of your word, which a sword in the hand of a physician would be known as a scalpel so as the great physician I am trusting you to take the scalpel of your word cut every lifeline and attachment of this thing it will wither it will die and it will leave my body I did that day in and day out sometimes it seemed like a hundred times a day but I held firm to the word of God. I put my faith and my trust in him. Remember, I'm a nurse. I know, and I was a good nurse too. I still am, by the way. Anybody want an IV started? I'm, I'm available. <laughs> but the, again, I have to keep emphasizing this to you just because you can feel something. Come on now. 
all of the swelling, all of the pain. Couldn't stand for my clothes to touch me, much less for our little kitten we had at that time to walk on me. Finally, the day comes when I go back to the doctor for the conclusive test of the margins, as they call it, and everything. And I remember thinking that morning, oh, this is going to hurt. Because I knew the procedure and I knew what they were going to do. And I thought, man, mm, mm, mm. so I'm there and I'm laying on the table and they poke and they prod and they push and they roll and they look and they do. And finally, they're like, hmm. And doctor says to me, Velda, I'm sorry. Those are words you never want to hear from a physician. And big-eyed, I looked at my doctor and I said, why? And she said, it's gone. It's gone. And I said, why, pray tell, are you sorry it's gone? <laughs> and she says, because I can't tell you where it went. And I said, oh, don't worry. Let me tell you. Come on. But did you hear me? Up until the moment of the confirmation of what God had done. Because I'd had no treatments. Nothing. Waiting, waiting, waiting. But not one lying symptom left my body until the confirmation of what God had done. You don't let your... Smith Wigglesworth did this. He said, let no body tell you whether or not you're healed. Can I say that to you tonight? Let no body tell you whether or not you are healed. You let the Word of God tell you. Because God will not lie to you. Well, I'm halfway through page one of a five-page teaching. How much time have we got? <laughs> Ten minutes? <laughs> it's okay because God's got his way and God's doing what he wants to do. God is the most incredible thing, the most incredible person, the most incredible being, the most incredible deity. And he says these things. Let's look. He is infinite. We are, in, we are finite. He knows the end from the beginning. We only see the past and the present. Come on. He knows why we ask why. But God said, if you'll come to me, if you'll come yielding and submitting and trusting in me, I will teach you these things. I will show you my ways. I will give you my word. God's just looking for someone that will trust him. The greatest thing we've ever seen God do in actuality is the creation. Now, I know there are those who try to discredit the biblical account of the creation. But then again, what do they know? Am I going to let them overrule the word of God? Or am I going to simply believe it is what God said it is? Amen? God created the universe by one simple thing, his word. That's all, one thing. He created the universe. Do you know how big the universe is? 
Any of you good scientific people in here know? The estimated scientific measurement of the universe is 150 billion light years across. Do you know how big 150 billion light years is? See, that's a mathematical deduction, but you have to remember a light year is not a, is, is distance. It is not time. We call it a light year, but it's not time. It's distance. And light travels. Are you ready for this? God said light be. And look what it does. Light travels at 186,000 miles per second. And so the universe, that's per second, 186,000 miles per second. And yet the universe is 150 billion light years across is their estimated size. Y'all, we serve a big God. God created all of that, all of that in six days because he rested on the seventh day. And you think it's too much for his word to heal you? Because you don't comprehend and understand his power and his authority and his ability? Because you're too busy. You're thinking about yourself. Jeremiah 32, 7 says, Lord God, you made heavens and earth by your great power, the power of your word. Nothing is too difficult for you. If the Bible says nothing is too difficult for God, then what can be too difficult for God? Is cancer too difficult? Is diabetes too difficult? Is arthritis too difficult? Is paralysis too difficult? You forget I'm the girl that has seen the ten brain dead people get up. I'm the girl that's seen the three dead people get up one of which was my own mother who was raised from the dead more than one time. My mother was raised from the dead three times, and if you really look at it, it's probably closer to five. Mama was a tough bird. But I never will forget the night. It was a night like this. We're in church. I'm sitting. So if I moved up from the third row to the second row, see, this is called progress. Hallelujah. And I'm sitting there, and my oldest daughter looks at me and says, Mama, what's wrong with Grangry? And I said, I don't know. Mama was a still a third-row Methodist. She was still sitting back there. And I said, I don't know why. And I turned around, and I looked, and I went, My mama was stone-cold dead. Now, I know dead when I see dead. I've been a nurse a long time. My mama had just slumped over on the seat. This is the funny part. You know, I always find funny in everything. <laughs> the man that was sitting next to mama, when she slumped over, he slid down to make room for her. <laughs> but he never said anything. 
Pastor Kennedy up here just a preaching and a teaching on life and healing and wholeness. And Mama slumps over dead and he just slides down. I guess he's a real gentleman. I don't know. But any rate, I look at Mama and she is stone cold, purple, wet, not breathing. Gene was working in the sound booth that night. He saw the first miracle of the night. He saw me go airborne, straight in the air, over the chair, grabbed Mama, laid her out, and started to do CPR. And then I said, no, wait. This is Mama. I can't do this. And being the wise woman that I am with the skillful medical knowledge I have, I yelled, is there a nurse in the house? I had a wise doctor one time said, you far better off with a good nurse and a good doctor because that doctor will leave you, but that nurse will stay with you. Amen. So anyway, my time's going faster, so I've given up on the notes. I'll just talk to y'all. But anyhow, as, as now nurses come, we have a lot of nurses, EMTs and doctors in our church and they come and all the chairs get thrown back and mama gets put on the floor and they call 911 and the EMTs are coming. And this one nurse who was a critical care nurse came up and at that time, because you know they keep changing the rules, but at that time for a cardiac situation, you did what we call a precordial thump. Anybody know what that is? You take your fist and you go whoop and you hit somebody mid-sternum trying to get their heart to, you know, do something. I guess, hit it. You hit it, surely it'll react to you. It doesn't know to turn the other cheek. <laughs> I told you I see humor in everything. That's, God made me this way. I'm sorry. But anyway, uh, Betty hits Mama, and they start CPR, and the EMTs come, and, and they're shocking her, and they're doing all this stuff that I know they should be doing because I'm a cardiac nurse. And uh, in the meantime, I've stepped over this way. Now, Mama's laying in the floor. Anybody want to be Mama? No, you're afraid we'll hit you. I know what it is. But Mama's laying in the floor with her head here and her feet down there looking that way. And I'm standing back here. And Pastor Kennedy on one side of me and a friend, Danny Starling, on the other. I don't know where Jean is. I don't know where my children are. I don't know anything except there's Mama on the floor, dead. And I'm just watching and, and waiting. And finally, they put Mom on a stretcher to take her off to the hospital. I did not know that one of the EMTs came over and whispered to Pastor, I'm sorry. There was nothing we could do. She's gone. And I just wanted to ride in the ambulance with Mama. Come on. And I told him, I said, look, I'm a nurse. I know how to behave. I won't try to interfere. I won't. Can you imagine me not trying to take over? But hello. And so I, uh, I said, you know, I won't be hollering, screaming, and crying. I just want to be in the ambulance. And they said, well, you can ride up front, but you can't ride in the back with her. And I said, that's okay. So we leave, and we're on our way to the hospital with a cardiac crisis. No light, no siren, no nothing. No pushing drugs. And I was getting madder by the minute. And I thought, they better start doing something for my mama. Because, see, I didn't know they'd said there ain't nothing to do. And all of a sudden, we're driving along to the hospital. And all of a sudden, I hear this. <gasps> the trouble is, it wasn't mama. It was the EMT. 
And he said, oh, my God, she's got a pulse and she's breathing on her own. Beep, 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 light siren on the phone. We're coming in. We've got a cardiac. And I'm like, why weren't y'all doing that a while ago? What's wrong with you people? So anyway, we get to the hospital and we get inside and there's mama sitting up looking at me. And I said, hey, mama said the same thing she always said, hey, sugar, because I'm so sweet. (laughs) And I said, Mom, are you okay? Yeah. Well, back at the ranch, Pastor Kennedy, y'all, I love my pastor. I'm here to tell you I do. She looked at the church full of all the compassion and grace and mercy of God that lives inside of her. And she said these famous words, the audacity of that woman to drop dead in my church. (laughs) And she said, y'all get up, get up, circle the church. We're going to call her back. Come on. God calls those things that be not as though they were and they come to pass. That's one of the ways of God. Let's do this God's way because man's way wasn't doing so hot. Somebody better listen to me on that right now. And they begin to call Miss Vera back. Miss Vera, you come back. You get in your body. You live. You do not die. And you glorify God. Do you hear us? Until there's a (gasps) from the EMT. So later on, I asked Mama, I said, Mama, do do you remember anything? She said, oh, yeah, I remember. I said, well, what do you remember? And I thought she was going to tell me about the angels, and she saw a light in a tunnel, and Jesus was coming at her. She said, yes. She told me exactly where I was standing when she's facing that way, surrounded by medical personnel. And she said, Pastor was standing on your left and Danny was standing on your right and you were crying. We are spirit, soul, and body. The body doesn't tell us if we live or die. It's the spirit. Come on. And I said, yes, Mama, that's true. I said, do you remember anything else? She said, oh, yeah. I said, what else do you remember? She said, that woman. I said, that woman? That woman. Now, she knew Betty. We were friends. She said, that woman hit me. (laughs) Right there in church, she hit me. And from that day forth, my mama never referred to her as anything other than that woman. (laughs) But what's my point? I couldn't be moved by just what I saw. Thank God my emotions, my feelings were ruling me. But there were believers surrounding me that knew more about the ways of God. And they took the authority, come on now, that Jesus Christ said he had, which he in turn handed to the believers and said, I give unto you. My power, my authority, and they exercised it, and they came up to a higher level of comprehension of an incomprehensible God, and my mother walked out of that hospital. 
I've seen the blind open. I've seen, I, I've seen them open right up. Those blind people, they'll open right up to you. <laughs> it's time for me to go home. But anyway, I've seen it. I've seen the deaf ears open. I've seen, listen, I had a woman one time. Can I have five more minutes? Thank you. I had a woman one time came to the healing center, and she was a preacher. And she had cancer of the mouth, tongue, and throat. And she could not speak. Now, you know it's real bad when a preacher can't talk. Anybody ought to be able to figure that one out. But I remember we stood on the Word of God and we believed the Word of God more than we believed the ways and the means and the message of man. And the next thing we knew... That woman opened her mouth and began to proclaim the word of God afresh and anew. Come on. Y'all, God's ways are higher than our ways. God is incomprehensible except to those who are willing to comprehend who he is. To believe he's greater than. I said earlier, but... Many of you are sitting there thinking, but what about me? What about me? What about me? What about me? What about me, little robot? Is my problem too big for God? Do you know how advanced this sickness is? Do you know what they said? Terminal? Too late? No hope? I saw a lady one night in a meeting, and all of a sudden she jumped up and she come running to the front. And y'all are all free to do that anytime God moves on you, as far as I'm concerned. She come running to the front, and she was so excited. And she said, look, I can run. And we said, glory to God, you can run. And she said, you don't understand, I have a broke leg. <laughs> and we said, oh. But God had instantaneously knitted that bone together. And she was running. And she took off and ran. And our sanctuary is about three times the size of this. And she ran around and around that sanctuary and came back. And we thought, boy, that leg's really healed. Look at her go. And she said, oh, that's nothing. She said, I'm on the list for a heart-lung transplant. I can't walk without giving out a breath and passing out. Do you see what God just did? Because she didn't listen to the ways and the thinking of man. She didn't give in to the fear monger that says, I'm not going to make it if that transplant you know, list don't chop, chop, chop down to my name. Listen, I was a transplant nurse. I've seen them get the transplant, rejected, and die. I'd rather God create a new heart in me. How about you? I've seen the patients on dialysis come off because those kidneys that were said to be dead and can no longer function just kicked in and started functioning because of the Word of God. I've seen the lame get up and throw down the canes. Actually, today, does anybody in here have a cane tonight? Today, I just kept seeing people throwing down canes and walking. But you know what I believe? Because I kept thinking that's odd. I don't remember seeing anyone with a cane today. I think some of those were spiritual canes. 
You've been just barely limping along, leaning on something that will not support you like the hand of God. God said, I uphold you with my mighty hand of righteousness. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a sinner.